to tell others about our clay experience. But some of us also got to remember, this is the, the difference. Remember your clay experience. Don't live in your clay experience. What does that mean? Don't go back and like, man, I wish I could have. I wish this would work out. Because now you're living in your clay experience. God is saying, I'm trying to bring you out of the horrible pit. Don't you try to keep going back and looking at, man, I remember them times in that horrible pit. Da, 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 da. No, you should be a testimony about the goodness and the mercy and the grace God has given you to get you out of the pit. But now we go back to that, help me. Could I get out the pit myself? No. We all have started in the horrible pit. We all have started in the hell pit. We all started there. The minute we were born, we started there. It is God who lifts me out of the pit. It is God. So that's why I keep going back. Don't praise God simply on E. Don't call his name on E. Call his name on fool. Because the experience when you start ticking down, because what's happening with your gas tank? Because I don't know about y'all, I don't feel my gas tank that's below a quarter. I ain't trying to fill it at, at three-fourths. That don't make sense to me. I'm going to let it go down some, right? But we do that too, don't we? We want to get full on the Lord on Sunday, but we ain't going to say nothing to God sometimes until we all the way on E. Lord, help me, help me, help me, Lord. Please, I need help you, help me, help me. Then we want to get back full. We might get a little half a tank on Wednesday. If we get that half a tank, we might put a gospel song in. So that's our two, that two dollars, you know. You know, two dollars get you a gallon in. You're coming up a little bit. And you're right here, you're struggling. And you're like, I can't wait to get to Sunday so I can get back full again. But God's saying, I need you to praise me on full all the way down to eat. Because this is what I will do. I will bring you right back up to full. I will do it. In a moment, in a matter of time. But we have to get there. We have to get there. So we have, we need to help. We're in the pit. We have our clay experience. And we got to remember our clay experience, but then we can't live in our clay experience. We got to let some of that stuff go. We have to let God's word wash us clean. We have to let the Holy Spirit indwell us. We got to rely on God. Many of us will say that's weak. We say, well, that's weak. It's weak to have a crutch. It's weak to have a cane. I'm going to tell you something. There is some of the strongest folks that out there that got a cane. Because I bet you won't run up on them because they can swing that cane and knock you out. Because they have that cane. Well, we have a crutch, a cane in God. He's saying, don't step away from it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Because every time we try to walk, we're falling down. Now, this is the thing. God does not want us to be fearful, and we might get to rock, be fearful of failure. Many of us won't do things because we're in fear. We won't date so-and-so because we're in fear. God's talking to you, talking to you, but we won't do it because we're in fear. We won't take certain jobs because we're in fear. Well, it don't pay this, or it's located here, or it does this. We're in fear, even though God is telling us, take the job. We're in fear. You see the, my correlation? I'm not saying step out on your own. I'm saying step out in God's word. But we will stop because we're in fear. Some of us will stay in a horrible pit because we're fearful of what God's going to do to us and for us when he puts our feet on solid rock. We're fearful 
There are preachers now sitting in pulpits who God been telling them to start a church. He been telling them to get out there and, and get in that wilderness and start working and planting for him. But they've been scared, so they sit in the pulpit. They sit in the pulpit every Sunday and get mad with the pastor because the pastor won't let him preach. And he said, I've been calling you more to preach. I've been calling you the pastor for years, but you still want to just preach for me. And many of us, we want to do the minimum instead of the maximum. And God, well, God, I, I just want to come. If I could just sing and, and then I can sit down, that'd be enough. But God said, no, I want you to turn this place out and worship. But you just want to sing and then I can just sit down. He said, I want you to unleash the fullness of God on everybody. I want you to unleash the light and salt that you're supposed to be, that I'm indwelling you with, that I'm empowering you with on everybody. But we stand in fear. We stand in fear. And so we go from our clay experience. We understand the smell of the pit that clay on us. But he says that he heard my cry, and what did he do? He set my feet upon a rock. Now, what's that rock? Now, for us who are Christians, the rock is Jesus Christ. There is no other rock. There's no other rock. You cannot name another rock because all the other rocks are just, just sand. They're just false rocks. You ever get something that's really weak and not really a rock? It's like, that looks like it's a rock. And you hit it and it just crumbles. That's every other religion right there. Only Jesus is the rock. Only Jesus you can set a stone to. He is the cornerstone that no man wants to put his hands on. But he is that one. He is the rock. So is your feet set on Jesus? Is Jesus your foundation? Is Jesus that? Because see, it's saying, this is what God, all I had to do was wait on God. This is what God did for me. He picked me up. He put me down. He put me on the rock. Oh, Jesus Christ. He did all this for me. And then he says, and establish my goings. When I get set on Jesus, he's now establishing my walk. He's, for the young people, he's establishing my swagger. He is establishing my cool. He's establishing my path. He's establishing my destiny. He's establishing my purpose. He's establishing my plan. That's why you can walk with swagger and confidence because you're like, you know what? I don't know what shall happen, but I know what is happening. My God is in control. Jesus has set my foundation. Jesus has blazed a path before me. There's going to be some times in this wilderness-like life where I'm going to have some manna where I don't know what that is, but I know it's a blessing from God. There's going to be some times at night that I'm going to need that pillar of fire to direct me forward. But you know what? I have God. There's going to be some times where I'm going to look at a red sea and say, I don't think I can cross it. And God says, I've already set the sea apart and it's dry land that you will walk on. It seems impossible for everybody else who's still in Egypt, but you are with me and I make the impossible so possible. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. That means I've been given a guaranteed victory in that Greek. I've been, I'm a super conqueror. And so that's what we have. So the process, we got to embrace it. You won't find a breakthrough. You won't find a breakthrough. The breakthrough is not going to come when you come up in this church. Look, y'all got me a Lexus. That's not the breakthrough. 
The breakthrough is not going to be, I got me a job, y'all. I got $60,000 in the pain me now. That ain't going to be the breakthrough. The breakthrough ain't going to, look, I got my degrees. That's not the breakthrough. That's not the breakthrough. We all can praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. Get your damn shoes on, praise him. But that's not the breakthrough. The breakthrough is when we accepted that Christ Jesus has us in his hand, that no man can pluck him out. The breakthrough is when we have relied on God. The breakthrough is when we have said, help me, Lord. But don't help me just in the midnight hour. Help me when the sun is fully up. Help me. Help me when I'm just getting up. Help me when I think I can do it all. Help me to step back because I can't do it all. That's the breakthrough when we have realized that we need God more than we need ourselves. That's the breakthrough. That's the breakthrough. And so God has established us. So when, when you understand the process, you got that breakthrough, you got a new song. Now, Pastor ain't going to get up here singing because he ain't one of them singing pastors. There ain't, ain't going to be no Paul Morton up in this church. You understand that? I might hum you a couple verses. I might do some Kirk for you. Well, let's get up. Come on. I can do a little Kirk for you, but I ain't going to be singing. And if I do sing, it's going to sound like Kirk when I shall supply. It's going to sound like that. But understand this. When we go from step, the first step of the process, now we have a new song. What does that mean? When you understand and you embrace that God is the one that you need, you have a new song. You have a new outlook. You have a new way of doing things. He says, and he has put a new song in my mouth, even praising to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such turn aside to lies. When we understand the breakthrough, the process, that we need God's help in everything that we do, when we really live that Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 life, that I acknowledge God in everything that I do, you're going to have a new song. When you start singing, now understand, if somebody starts singing right now, everybody else going to see you? Did everybody see Charnel sing? When you sing, when you speak, it, 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 it has an effect on others. Understand, my bad song had an effect on others, right? Some of us have, have been affected by some bad songs. Don't you? Some of us grew up where our daddy thought he could sing. Not talking about mine. But someone, where our daddy thought he could sing, and you might have heard your father singing from the shower, and it sounded like dogs in there woofing. That was a bad song. Once again, I say I'm not talking about my father. I'm talking about others. But it sounds like woofing, right? That was a bad song. When you hear somebody who really can't sing, it affects you in a negative way, right? But what happens when you hear somebody who has a voice that you say is a voice of an angel? You, you'll turn that song over and over again, right? Some of us have put some songs on replay the whole day. You might be in a certain mood, and you put a, it bring you to a certain point in your life, and you put that thing on replay. Some of us, for me, uh, sentimental mood means a lot to me. It's a little jazz song. And I, if I put that on, I'm going, my mind is going somewhere. But if I put on some Kurt, uh, and, and I, a certain song put on Kurt, Behold the Lamb, that put me somewhere. When your song, he's giving you a new song, but your song is going to affect others. And when it affects others, if this song is the song of Christ, others shall see it and know Christ because of you. 
That's what he's saying about us. Your new song, that song he's putting in you. Understand, your life has an effect upon others. You can be an inspiration. You can be an incentive. You can be all these great things, or you can be some negative things. You can be things for Christ. He has a plan for us, right? But we have to be able to sing our song. We have to also understand that our song is generational. I want to bring up Kendra at that point in time because understand, she made a decision in her family life that's going to affect her children. And it's going to affect their children. And so on. She could have chosen, no, we ain't going to do church. I don't care about church. I don't care about the Lord. Da, 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 da. That's going to affect her children and then their children and so on. Your song not only affects the people who are present with you, but will affect the future to come. Your song in Christ is a, a movement that you got to understand. But I'm going back to understanding a true breakthrough. A true breakthrough saying, God, I need your help. Because isn't sometimes you want to go get your child? My mother, isn't sometimes you want to, you know what? Let me tell you. And sometimes when your patience is a little thin, you need God's help. Sometimes when you don't know how to afford or pay for things, and sometimes you just need to call out, you need God's help. And sometimes you're getting tired of that man that's in your life, he ain't doing right, you need God's help. Flip side to the fathers, sometimes we don't know how to do with these mothers, we need God's help. Sometimes we got some friends in our life who don't want to really be friends. We got some folks in our life who do not mean us well, but will tell us everything that, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But understand, they don't mean you well, and they are not a part of Christ. You need God's help. There are some situations and some places that people want to take you quickly on a Monday morning, quickly on Sunday morning. You know, you know, uh, Bobby said this. And they knew when they told you about Bobby, your mama going to go here. You ain't thinking about Christ. You need God's help. Do you think everything that we need, we need God's help? But that's where that song is coupled. Because if you keep singing that song of Christ, you keep being in tune with that Holy Spirit, you can keep being on the, the mind, keeping God on your mind. And so we go from a new song to we got to start shouting. See, we had a process, we had a song, but sometimes we can sing our song a little quiet. Jesus loves me. This I, we're singing nice and slow. We had to get to a point where we had to shout. Why do we need to shout? Because many, O oh Lord, my God, are there are thou wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are on us. Understand, he has done how much for you? How much has he done for you? Can you shout that? How much? He's giving you what? He's done what? Understand. Ask those questions. Look at the resume. When you now in this position, I look at people and you look at hiring. You're looking at the resumes. When you look at resumes, what, why are you looking at resumes? Because you want to know, do they meet the qualifications to have the job? Well, look at God's resume in your life. Look at God's resume in the Bible. This is a God who before time said I had a thought on you. Before time, he says, I'm going to have a 
destiny and a plan for you. And when he got to the Garden of Eden, he said, out of dust, I'm going to make man. And from that man, he says, the very breath of my lungs will go into this man. So that man was a man of God already. But even though he messed up, check the resume. He said, they're going to mess up, but I'm going to have a redemption plan. He had a destiny plan still for us, but he said, you want to take a detour? I got a redemption plan. When man was continually messing up, he said, then I'm going to have a contingency plan in Noah. And so what did he do with Noah? He said, Noah and your family, and just get two by two of these animals and bring them on this boat. And for 40 days, that little number of judgment, we're going to go and clear this out. We're going to clear this out. When you come out, you're going to go and you're going to worship. They had a worship service when they got off the boat. They didn't go around the altar and say, praise the Lord. I don't see nothing else. I don't see it looking right. I don't see it looking like this. All the things I knew before is gone. But what I do still know, my God is still here. So I'm looking at the resume. So then when you look at Abraham, he told Abraham, you're going to leave your family. You're going to leave earth. And I'm going to give you a promised land. Well, well, God, I'm out here. I don't see what you talked about. He said, Abraham, you may not see it, but generations to come will see it. So you got to check the resume. Did he fulfill that? Well, I know Joshua came and got to Jericho and said, you know what? The walls are going to come down. It's all right. He told Moses, we're going to go what? We're going to split this Red Sea and you're going to walk on dry land. Check the resume. Check the resume when you see Goliath in your life. The giants are in your life. And you know what? David didn't rely on Saul's armor. He didn't rely on man's knowledge. He said, I got some smooth stones and I got the Lord Almighty. Check the resume. Goliath fell down. There's some giants that you got in your life. In your life. That you need to rear back and say, check my God's resume. It's coming at your head. Check the resume. Then when we get past that, you got to get to Jesus Christ. You got to get to Jesus Christ. Before he was even born, Mary said, it's impossible for me to have a baby. Gabriel had to tell him, it's not impossible for God. All things are possible with God. So what you think that you know. Don't worry about that, Mary. You are still a virgin. No man has touched you. You worry about Joseph? I'll handle that. God is a God who I'll handle that. Don't worry about all these other things because I'll handle that. And so when Jesus was born, he was not born in riches. He was not born in comfort. He was born like us. Amen? Because think if you had a Jesus that was born in Highland Park. None of us over here would want that kind of Jesus. We don't want the Jesus that was born in Highland Park. We like that hood Jesus, that Jesus that's been with us. He was called from the city of garbage, Nazareth. He was from the hood. There was no hood like Nazareth's hood. So Jesus understood what it meant that daddy died early. He meant, he understood when we didn't have enough. He understood when you had to work with your hands. He understood when people don't want to think the best of you or think the worst of you, don't think you can make it. But Jesus said, I have a destiny. I had to tell my mama when I was 12, I'm about my father's business. That's why I'm in the house. Check my daddy's resume. I got to be about my father's business. And then what God said, I'm going to have my son do a three, just a three-year ministry. He was here for 33 years, but he's going to do a three-year ministry. I don't know about you. We in year one. I'm hoping in three years we can impact like that. But it's all right we don't. Because his impact changed the world. I don't know about you. But in three years, he, he turned water into wine. You know, some of us like that. 
We like that over the first rep of a miracle, but that's all right. He turned water into wine. And then what did he do? He started just healing folks. folks. It wasn't all these rich folks he was healing. He was healing people like you and me. People who, who were by the pool forever and ever, who could not walk, who could not see, who were mad and blind, who were born, who said, you were born like this because of sin. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am freedom. Check the resume. So you got to understand, you have a Jesus that was betrayed, that was betrayed by Judas, that everyone left him, that Peter was in the court and said, I don't know that Jesus. He said, it's all right, because check my daddy's resume. I'm going to go through this process. I'm going to go through this process, 33 years of a process, and get on this cross. It's not my sins, because I was born sinless. I'm going to get on this cross to bear all the sins of the world. From the past to the present to come. I'm going to bear every sin. He said he was talking to his daddy a long time on that cross. He told his daddy, forgive them for they know not what they do. He said, check my resume, daddy. Check the resume. Tell them to check the resume. I'm bearing all these sins. I'm, I'm going to take care of my mama. I'm going to take care of my mama and tell her, John, take care of her. Check my resume. I'm going to be in a borrowed tomb, though, daddy. I didn't make any funeral arrangements. I just told everybody I'm going to be buried. But I'm going to get up in three days. I'm going to be like Jonah who got out of the big fish in three days. I don't, I'm going to get out. So I don't need to buy a burial plot. I just need to borrow. Now I don't know about you, but it's good when somebody just borrows from you. He didn't need a rent to own because he didn't need to get a contract. His contract in that grave was going to end in three days. And they weren't ready, but God is always ready for you. We may not always be ready, but God is ready for you. Check his resume. When Mary Magdalene came, she thought someone took the body. He had to say, why are you crying, baby girl? Why are you crying? And understand, check the resume. Didn't I tell you I'm going to get up? Tell my brethren I'm up and I'm arisen. I have all power. Tell them to check the resume. Tell them that these Roman guards got knocked the mess out. Check my resume. I came from the grave and they were out as a life. Check my resume. The tomb, the tomb boulder was moved. Check the resume. And tell Peter I got a redemption for you too. Check my resume. I can give everybody love. I can give everybody grace. That's why when we say the breakthrough, the breakthrough is when we understand the process. We got to embrace that God has our best interest at heart. Because if you check the resume, each one of us can stand up and say, this is what God has done for me. This is what God is doing for me. And this is what I know God will do. Check the resume of this church. Because that's been God's glory, not my glory, not your glory, but it's been God who put everything in order like it should be at that time. So I don't need to complain. I don't need to worry. I just got to go check his resume because God's going to handle it. Amen. Can somebody say amen this morning? Is anybody ready for a breakthrough? Then say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Amen. Let's open the doors of the church this morning.